The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today show for July 11th. 2019, my name is Nero Shlani, in for Dan Bespris every Thursday throughout the summer as he gets a little bit of a vacation. Um, and speaking of summer, we're going to be talking about a little summer league action today, talking a little bit about rookies, talking about maybe dynasty leagues. We'll see how much we get into that. But with all this conversation, I'm going to be joined by the one, the only, Eric Ong, hoop ball writer extraordinaire. Eric, how are you today? Hi, Neil. Thank you for having me back on the show. Um, I'm excited to talk about fantasy basketball as usual. And yeah, we're in the heart of Summer League. I'm, I've been busy manning the, the blurb feed over here, over at Hoop Ball. Um, and we've got some great talent working working the wire and um, checking out those summer league post games. Yeah. We've, you know, free agency has kind of died down all the um, almost, I would say 90% of the fantasy relevancy is done uh, from those free agency moves. It's hard to know exactly how they're going to pan out just yet. We'll have to see rotations, but all the speculation is done. All the pieces are basically in place. Um and now we're in, like you said, we're in the heart of Summer League. And uh, before we started recording, you talked about um, you already did your first draft. That is amazing. Um, I haven't done, a, I, haven't done <laughs> yeah. a, I haven't even done a mock. I won't even look at mock drafts until um, September, probably, because that's when I think it starts to shake out a bit. But um, you, did a, you did a dynasty draft, which we'll get into a little bit. First of all, what are your um, so summer league? I'm not a big summer league guy. Um, I'm all because I'm just I, I will overreact to performances, so I don't want to. I almost avoid it because I don't want to fall into that bias of like a guy has like a crazy night in summer league, and all of a sudden Twitter is annoying him. Future MVP. Um, what what have been your early observations? Well, yeah, I've completed a dynasty draft. Over over at Hoop Ball with some some of our fans, listeners, and readers and whatnot. Um, I play I'm playing in three dynasty leagues this year, and it keeps me alive, gets me through the off season. Basically, gives me some fantasy basketball to talk and think about while the rest of the world is, you know, taking a break. <clears throat> um, and the rookie. The rookie watch has been good. Summer league has been interesting. Of course, I've been taking um, these performances with a grain of salt, maybe more, because yes, like you, I agree. Sometimes summer league performances can lead to a lot of a lot of hype. Really, I mean, you see a guy, you know, jumping over another guy, dunking on him, etc., and you go, "Oh, this guy's so great," but. A few people, you know, not everyone realizes that the guy he, he's dunking on is not a starter in a regular NBA team. And he's not, odds are going to be able to do that in a regular NBA season game. So, yeah, 
um, as good as these summer league performances are, um, what they what they do provide, as at least as far as I'm concerned, is you know, is this guy does this guy have hustle? Does this guy you know active on defense? Is this guy you know have decent basketball IQ? Stuff like that. More of analyzing player characteristics and you know base baseline talents and skills, as opposed to you know making it a benchmark of regular season performances which obviously they shouldn't be, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's even, like, the Summer League is, like, the preseason for rookies and second-year players. So, I mean, it's so hard to project any numbers from what you see on the court. Um, For me, if I do watch any Summer League, as I was mentioning uh, before we start recording, it's just really an eye test for me. Do I think this guy, do I think this player um, can be a starter in the NBA in, in year one? or in this coming season. So that's all I'm trying to figure out. Can they be a high rotation player, if not a starter? Uh, and can they get a lot of minutes? So um, let's start with, so let me start with, uh, so Zion Williamson, he, he hurt himself and then he left. Did you, do you have any thoughts on, is this at all make you hesitant on drafting him this upcoming season? No, not at all. I'm, I'm, I've reserved, booked, and bo- and bought extra <laughs> tickets on the Zion High Train. Where do you think he's – oh, gosh. Do you think he's going to be like – oh, I mean, how do you even value him at this point? Well, all right. Yeah. Uh, there's some there's some real-life player crushing going on here because mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in full disclosure, back in the day, I was a huge, huge Charles Barkley fan. So from there, you can get, you know, the idea of why I'm enamored with Zion and his game. Mm-hmm. He's an undersized, overly chunky, powerful guy who's got a lot of, who's got a nice toolbox. You know, he can do a lot of things. And as far as I was able to scout him coming into the, 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 the NBA draft, I was looking at him as the next evolution of Charles Barkley, you know. He can run the floor. He can overpower, um, you know, bigger guys. And, you know, his looks are deceiving because, you know, he is kind of chunky. But the guy can jump. He can sky for those blocks, you know, if he times it right. So uh, the guy's been labeled as somebody who can be um, a potential stretch five in, in the modern NBA. And that's intriguing because, you know, uh, the the era of seven foot plodding dinosaurs is is a thing of the past, and you need guys who can run the floor, rebound the ball, and shoot the three nowadays. You have to do it all if you're going to succeed in, in 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 the league, and he he can do that. He's a beast, yeah. Unless they change the um the NBA rules or or, or um make the uh, key more narrow, yeah. The plodding seven foot center that can't shoot from more than at the rim is, is basically going to be a dinosaur. Um, and this guy is, is like, I totally, when I first saw the highlight reel, uh, I remember Adrian Benjamin's last year sent me a highlight reel of Zion before I even knew who he was. And uh, I immediately, like you, thought this is Barkley for the modern era. It's, it's crazy. He is amazing. Um, but you have no worries about the injury risk. You're not at all. You're, that is not going to discount his value for this coming season 
fantasy relevancy for you? Oh, I don't think so. Yeah. The, the one major injury he had in, in his days in the NCAA was a freak shoe accident, actually. When his <laughs> yeah, shoe yeah, broke right. And, you know, he slipped, etc. I mean, it's, it's, it's not that kind of a thing that you'd expect to happen again. You know, the, the, the statistical, statistical probability of that happening again is, you know, astronomical. Uh, unless he's wearing the exact same shoe and then fix it, right? So, so there. Yeah, unless, uh, unless he's just way too overpowering for every shoe out there. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Fat feet. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so I didn't get to see him play. Did you, um, did you take anything away from what you saw on the court? Was there anything new you learned about him? I don't think you probably could have, right, in that short time. Well, I watched highlights, and, eh. and there, was, there was this one. He, he, he only had a brief summer league game, right? And there was this one. He contested for a rebound, and in the process of grabbing the ball, the guy who was battling him for the for the ball was just like thrown to the ground like a rag doll. You know, <laughs> shades shades of, of 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 times when people were contesting Shaquille O'Neal for those rebounds. You know, they did just fly into the into, into the photographers because because Zion was just that strong. Yeah. And that's that was amazing. So okay. Wow. And if you can run aside from being that powerful, I mean, the guy's just a freak. Okay, we've established one thing, and that's undeniable. The guy is a freakish physical specimen, and that's, and that's not something that's up for debate. Now, the question is, if he can turn that physical physicality, that body of his, into something that will translate into fantasy goodness, yeah. that's the question everyone's asking. Now, my concern is because he is such a freak and there is so much hype, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to get overdrafted. That's, that's one thing, that's for sure. Yep. Um, I, I probably will not be able to own him because of the hype. And, and we, we can talk about that a lot more now because um, you may have, I mean, you've been playing this game for a long time and you've seen a lot of people reach for rookies because of, because of hype. And, and in the end, it's unfair you know, you and I being more in tune to numbers of, of the fantasy game, you know, we're, we're holding back because case in point, we do not have an actual or proper sample size to base our decision on, on data, you know, real NBA game data. And that's normally the basis of what we're, you know, the, what we use for ranking players, right? So I don't think... I'm, I, I wouldn't pick him in the first top 20. That's for sure. But he might. There are some people out there who might actually draft Zion that high. I'm, I, I think he has a nice upside as far as a career outlook is concerned. But from a rookie year perspective, and if we're talking about redraft fantasy here, he might not be a tw- top 20 guy from the get-go. I mean, if you look at it, the... The Pelicans have a nice young core. I'm, I, I really am happy with what they got out of the Anthony Davis trade. They've got so many young pieces, so many intriguing players, um, great rookies. Aside from Zion, they got Jackson Hayes. They got um, Alexander Walker. Both of those, you know, you know they, they got 
Lonzo Ball as part of that deal. That's that's great haul. And the way I see things, maybe five years from now, we might be looking at a Hawks Pelicans NBA rivalry for championships. That would be a big reversal of fortune if that happens. I mean, th- okay. No, no, I'm not arguing with you. I think they, they both have some very young, talented teams. And the NBA, as we saw this year, things change quickly at the top. They can change very quickly. So we'll see. Um, here's just one thing I want to – oh, let me just yeah, – uh, the one point I want to make about Zion um, in NBA and fantasy NBA drafts, uh, I, I try to be very conservative in the first three rounds and not make a, not make a reach or pick someone who can hurt me. Um, I go safe in the first three rounds. So typically I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to get Zion because he's too risky. The other thing that worries me about him is I don't know. I didn't see a lot of Duke games, but I saw him sometimes being a little over aggressive and fouling um, when he, when he like not making smart fouls. And I'm worried that sophisticated NBA players are going to get him into foul trouble. And he may not play that 32 to 34 minutes a lot because of foul trouble. That's my big concern with him um, on a game-to-game basis, more than injury. And uh, we'll see how that plays out. Maybe it won't be the case. But I- I'm worried he's going to get – every so often he's going to get into foul trouble trouble early, and that's going to take him out of his uh, his minute allotment. So anyway, that's my, that's my take on Zion. Um Anything else on that before we go to number, the number two draft pick who, like, well, before I jump ahead, what are your thoughts? No, no it's all right. I, uh, just to touch on your, 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 your foul trouble concern, mm-hmm. I, I, I might share that a bit, but I, I, I see that the Pelicans have, you know, planned ahead. And they, they got Derek Favors to, to play mentor <laughs> and, you know. He, he has experience. I mean, he wasn't a great fantasy guy, but he's been around the block enough to know how to play smart in the paint. And that's it's that kind of mentorship that they're setting up, surrounding Zion with, and preparing him for a great future, you know, in his career. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good one. Dare Favors is a solid NBA player. Not, not a great fantasy, but a very good NBA player. Um all right, let's hop over to the number two guy. Uh, not part of Summer League, uh, John Morant. Um, preseason doesn't really start until the beginning of October. A lot of fantasy drafts happen um, before a lot of preseason games commence. How in the world do you evaluate him? Well, that's tough, really. I'm, 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 I'm inclined to hold back. <clears throat> I know that the, the Grizzlies really wanted him badly they, they they committed to him trading away mike conley etc cetera, etc cetera. they they offloaded delon wright um they're making space um they're really going young they're pairing him with tyus jones who they they signed to a big deal which the wolves did not match so we're gonna see i believe we're gonna see some sort of timeshare situation between both guards. Hmm. I I think Jones is somebody who's um, in for a potentially good breakout season, depending on the minutes he gets. Um, He's a good passer. He's, you know, a smart defender. Um, He's not really going to put up a lot of shots. Neither is he as athletic as Morant. So both of 
what I'm saying is both guards bring something different to the table. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Grizzlies, you know, distribute their time. But in the end, um, given, given time, Morant will probably eat up more and more of those minutes. But from the get-go, I think we're going to see a lot of Tyus Jones. Are, are you high on Tyus Jones coming into the season? Oh, gosh. That's going to be tough because I am if I knew he had the minutes guarantee. But I don't know what they're going to do. They're, they clearly are not set up to win this year. Um, and I don't think they care about winning. And so how much are they going to – I don't think they can play Morant. Maybe they can play them together. I don't think we'll see a lot of them on the court at the same time, though, at least not extended minutes. Unlikely. Unlikely. Yeah. They just don't seem to have a good fit out there. So – yeah, so but Jones is not exactly an old guy. He's like twenty three. Yeah, 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 exactly. And he, he's still they're he, both he's, he's still getting both better. The future. Yes, yeah, exactly. He's still on the. Uh, that's why I like him. It's just he's got. They just went ahead and picked the number two overall pick as a as a, as a, as a you know a pure point guard. So um, it's really hard to say if I can trust either one because of that. Um, I don't like guys that only play 24 to 26 minutes unless they're like a high-volume specialist um, or a shot blocker, a big rebounder. So I, both those guys might be overvalued. I would definitely take a swing at them if they both were – if Tyus Jones were to fall like to the 10th round, I would, I would – but I don't think he's going to fall that far. Um, are you going to – you think you might end up with either of those guys? Jones maybe um, maybe after the tenth round also similar to you. You think he'll, but, I think he'll last that long though? I'm worried he's going to get overvalued. Mm, I, I don't think so actually. I think yeah. most people are, are 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 in the same boat as us and are concerned about the Morant timeshare issue. So that's that's going to weigh down his 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 hype and steam coming at the draft. So I'm I'm. Reasonably optimistic that I'll be able to have a Jones or two in in one of my redraft teams. Yeah, I liked him. I mean, I had him on my team last year towards the end of the season. He was phenomenal, fantasy-wise at least. Um, Didn't get to see him play a lot of games, but he put up a lot of great fantasy stats. So I might might take him at the end and then, you know, maybe ride him him as long as he's out there. So, yeah, yeah. that's, that's a fair point. But I, I I I just thought of something when you mentioned um, your concern about the lack of minutes and that you have a certain minutes minimum that's a sweet spot for you yeah. before a guy you know garners fantasy appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was preparing for a lot of my drafts, and I in fact drafted him in that dynasty draft um, before he was traded. I took um, Jeremy Grant who had an amazing breakout season for the Thunder last season. Um, he was a solid 1-1-1 one, one, one guy, one steal, one block, one three. Um, you know, the the Rashid Wallace mold, so to speak, uh, for the guys who've been playing this game long enough. Um, I, I, was, I was high on him. But as you know, and as everybody knows by now, the Nuggets traded for him. Cheap, on the cheap, actually. Now, I'm concerned they still have Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap will still probably start. But the guy is as old as the Egyptian pyramids. And, you know, he's <laughs> going to be, you know, fading. And I assume he's going to be fading because his minutes have been trending downward. You know, 
pretty much like the world economy. So, um, but Jeremy Grant is something to be hopeful for, you know, like, and I don't know, would you take Jeremy Grant next season? Are you concerned with Paul Millsap? I am. I, I picked him under the assumption that he was going to, you know, do a rerun of his, you know, Oklahoma City Thunder days from last season. But now I, part a lot of my excitement has been doused by that trade. Oh, my God, yes. I mean, I think he got a great pick if he would play for the Thunder. I think he's going to – he would have had a much more prominent role. He's a very good defender. The stat set is just fine. Um, I, I, I like him a lot. He's still getting better. But yeah, with with Denver, I think he's going to be buried in that in the in the um, bench second unit. So I don't I don't think he has any fantasy relevancy this year, at least until at least if Paul Millsap is healthy. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> All right. I don't think I think he's going to have to get. You know, he had 32 and a half minutes last year. I thought for the Thunder, I think that was a great pick for a Thunder player, but for a Denver player who likes. I like to spread the minutes thin, except for Jokic. Um, it's going to be tough for him to be relevant. At least, at least the top 100. I think he's outside the top 100 next year. Um, yeah, that's that's a hell of a burn. Damn it! All I right. know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, this the. I can't believe you guys drafted uh, before free agency. That's crazy. Um, yeah, we, we're savages. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Uh, should we hop along to RJ Barrett? Have you seen? Is this guy out there in summer league? That's how uh, ignorant yeah, he I am. was. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, here's here's some interesting bits of chat in our in our group messaging chat um, app that we that we use while the 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 long um, the long draft. It was a it was a it was a extended draft that we did, and there were comments that. You know, R.J. Barrett might actually be a a bust after, you know, shooting poorly in his first game and so on and so forth. Then the guy who drafted Barrett goes, you know what? Um, these are just two summer league games. And I'm not going to base his, you know, his rookie season outlook, nor should I base his career outlook um, on those two summer league games. And that's and that's a, an interesting point. You You shouldn't really base... You know what the guy is going to do in the regular season on a couple of summer league games. He he's promising he's good, but uh, he's got a lot of few bad things you know, in his corner. First of all, he's he's with the New York Knicks. <laughs> Second of all, um, Canadians don't really have a great um, <laughs> statistical um, you know history to be proud of as far as fantasy basketball is concerned. Um, just look at. Anthony Bennett and Andrew Wiggins, <laughs> but you know I think Barrett might finally break that curse and outdo both of those gentlemen. Um, maybe not right away in his rookie season, but he's somebody I can see as producing, you know, eighteen five five kind of thing um, in the right situation. Maybe when he's finally out of New York, he's he's going to blossom. For this season, I think he. We'll see. I don't think I'll. I tend not to get rookies, but he's the one rookie I might target in the middle rounds. Really? Well, yeah. That's interesting. You don't think he's going to get the keys? You don't think he's going to be the guy who does everything in New York? I don't know. I, I consider New York a mess because 
I don't think they know what they're doing after signing all of those big men, you know, big men and big men and big men. Yes. Um, uh, I, I don't know what they're doing. All I know is, yes, they love RJ. They're trying to make him the new face of the franchise. Um, he's going to get a ton of minutes, all the minutes he can handle. Um, I think efficiency will become a problem, mm-hmm. similar to the case of what happened to Kevin Knox, who, who showed he can score as, as he did in summer league. But when it came to the regular season, his efficiency was so poor that it, he actually hurt fantasy teams. So I, I, I have that worry when it comes to RJ Barrett, you know, coming into redraft leagues. Yeah, I, I, like again, rookies, like you said, tend to get overvalued, so I probably won't end up with them. But he is the, of the first three picks, he may be the one that falls to a value I find acceptable. Um, who else do you want to get in here in the. Uh, all right, all right. Now, yes. the juicy stuff, okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, everybody's talked about these three guys, yeah. you know, bits prior to the NBA draft. And, and now we get to, you know, throw out some fantasy takes on a lot of the other rookies. Yes. Off the top. I'm going to enumerate a couple of crutches of mine, fantasy-wise. Um, DeAndre Hunter. I think that the Hawks uh, traded up for him for a reason, and that, to me, signals he's going to get a lot of minutes. From the research I've read, um, I think he's going to be a solid 3 and D guy. They're basically hoping that he's going to be the guy that Torian Prince was supposed to be but couldn't live up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's supposed to be a little bit more efficient as far as his field goal percentage is concerned, but he's a nice, you know, spot up three point shooter. He's a solid defender because of his, you know, um, length and whatnot. Um, it's just that not all of his defensive abilities pop on paper. There are, you know, he might not record one steal, one block per game in his rookie season, but his presence will be felt. That's for sure. So I'm kind of excited on him. And I actually drafted him in that aforementioned Dynasty League. Um, I'm also kind of excited and probably one of the most um, exciting highlight reels I've seen um, on Twitter and on YouTube so far of the Summer League is Jackson Hayes of the Pelicans. Um, I think it was against the Bulls. I forget against who, but he totally posterized someone. Um, it's like the guy was kissing Hayes' knee as, as, as Hayes <laughs> elevated for a dunk and just, you know, slammed it home. Um, he's an interesting big man to watch. It's just that, yeah, he's playing behind Zion in favor, so he might not get a ton of minutes from the get-go. But if you need um, a block specialist late in drafts, I'd consider Hayes. Hmm. He's a solid rim protector from what I've read. And um, the biggest issue about him is that um, aside from blocks and dunks, there's very little he can do. You know, he runs the floor, he blocks, he dunks, and that's, and that's Jackson Hayes. He's, he's going to need to improve on rounding out his game a lot more before he can become, you know, fantasy-relevant on a consistent basis, but he's got, you know, we're obviously fans of, of defensive stats, given how rare they are in fantasy. So he, he's somebody to consider late in drafts for blocks. Yeah, that's good to know. I don't know much about him. Um, except that he might get some opportunity. Like you said, he, he's, he's in that, uh, he's stuck there a little bit, but 
again, the Pelicans, you know, they're probably going to, like, play a pretty heavy rotation of players. So we'll see how many, many minutes he gets. Um, how about my Chicago Bulls, Kobe White? What do you think about him? He might be the starting point guard this year for the Bulls. I'm starting to get a little oh, yeah, excited yeah, about I, that. What do you think about him? My, Have you seen you're him? You're my Bulls fan, buddy. <laughs> now I remember. Yes. All right. Kobe White had a mixed bag. The guy throws a ton of turnovers. Uh, it's so scary. <laughs> um, he might average four a game, um, which probably will be capped because he's going to be sharing the floor well time at point guard with Sadoransky. So I think he's in a similar spot as Morant mm. in the sense that Sadoransky is going to share his time the same way that Jones is sharing Morant's time, um, which actually is a plus because during those sets of plays or strings of plays that Kobe is going to be, you know, um, causing too many turnovers. The coach is obviously going to sit him down, let a more experienced guy in Sadoransky in, settle down the, the offense and get the flow going the way it's supposed to. So he's going to be okay, but um, field goal percentage, turnovers are a definite concern. Um, but I like the guy. He he clearly has good court vision, and it's something that's promising for his future. I don't think I'd touch him in standard league drafts, though, because because of those aforementioned details. Yeah, you're right. Sadoransky is there, and I, I for, kind of forgot that um, they picked him up. I <clears throat> Hopefully that's just a mentorship, and, and Kobe White will take over. I'm not a big Sadoransky fan. Um, fantasy or reality wise. I think he's competent, but I don't think he's he's someone who could run a, a very good offense. Um, from what I've seen, obviously he's a player who's still improving himself, so he could get better. But uh, so far, I haven't seen that in his game. Um, yeah, so maybe I should pump the brakes on Kobe White. You're right. He's going to be he might be brought slowly along. At least more slowly along than I would like to see. Um, oh. While we're on the topic of your bulls, yes, um, I'm. I've I've renewed my crush huh. on Otto Porter. Oh, I've done, yes. I drafted Otto Porter in a recent ongoing um, slow draft again for <laughs> for fantasy. Yes, I'm. I'm. I need help, but <laughs> but seriously, I did a lot of research, and I was. Um, Comparing the Chicago Bulls auto porter to the Wizards auto porter, and it's almost a different player. Mm. He's a lot more confident. Um, he's got um, a better feel for the game. And I think after watching some footage, the guy's really excited to be with the Bulls. And the way he was playing towards the end of last season, post trade, you know, the guy's the guy's ready to rock again. And I think. Um, given the fact that he he was a guy who could flirt easily with top twenty five value, um, he could be somebody who's in for a bounce back season with all of these uh, muddled per game numbers from the past season being skewed towards his Wizards, you know, being pulled down by his time with the Wizards because not not everyone breaks that down. So I just want to put it out there that I, I'm I'm pretty high on Otto Porter again. And I think he's going to be an underrated player, mm-hmm. and I think that um, he's going to do well. I'm I'm excited about him. Yeah, Otto Porter is one of those players that can be the third or fourth option on a team and still be fantasy relevant. 
Um, we saw that in Washington. We're going to see that here again in Chicago. They've got other players who want the ball, but Otto Porter will find a way to be very fantasy relevant, especially in nine category leagues where he's such a low turnover guy. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree. I think he's going to be, and he's still a player. I think that's getting better. I don't think he's hit his peak yet. So um, I'm all down for Otto Porter. Um, getting back to the rookies, anyone else here you want you want to touch on that? that well, either either from fun, summer league or from your dynasty draft. All right. Well, um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, summer league research so far. Outlook has been good for Daniel Gafford of the Bulls. Hmm. Um, he, he's had a couple of 2010 games in Summer League. Yes, I know, Summer League in, you know, in quotes, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the guy's solid. The guy, the guy can defend quite well. Um, he's, he's active on the glass. And it's, it's basically showing me that he has the, the habits of a good big man that a coach would like. So I even though he's going to be playing, uh, he's got probably going to be battling Luke Cornett for backup center minutes behind Wendell Carter Jr. But Gafford is a solid big man who has a bright future ahead of him, whether it's going to be with the Bulls or not. Mm. I want to throw a curveball in here, if I can, for a second. Um, Shoot. All right. Let's go to – you talked about Denver before. This guy is technically maybe a rookie, even though he did, was drafted a year earlier by NBA standards. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., any thoughts on his ability this year? All right. Um, I think he's good as a late-round guy. Yeah. Um, he's interesting from that standpoint because I've seen – Will Barton fade a bit last season, and he was previously well. He could still be, but he was previous. He's the incumbent starting small forward. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think Porter will start ahead of Barton from the get go, but you know Porter is somebody who could really light it up eventually. He, he's somebody who can be a twenty point game, twenty points a game scorer, and um, just just looking at the injury prone history of Gary Harris, who used to be the, the second scoring option before Jamal Murray, you know, uh, blossomed last year. You know, we could be looking at, at Porter having a, a good career with Denver. They, they were really committed to, you know, taking care of him and making sure that he recovered well and really see him as a part of their future plans. So I think um, he might be somebody to watch post-All-Star. I think he might have a nice little bump in in production there, but I don't see the need to rush out and be aggressive, because the type of thing that he'll do, um, which is basically score and peripherals are still a question mark as far as I'm concerned, um, is something is, is something you can basically find earlier in drafts and and, and won't need to, to to look for later. But I like the guy in general. Yeah, me too, and that's <clears throat> that's kind of the conundrum of, of when you know a guy has potential, but you probably won't see that potential for any time in the first few months of the season, um, unless unless uh, you know there's a shakeup in that starting lineup, like you said, and he kind of just is so good they have to play him, which is usually not the case with guys first stepping on the NBA court. Um, so I yeah, I think he might be really solid. 
second half of the season, but I I can't just hold on to him until then. So when that's the big if, who knows how good he's going to be. It's just it's just sort of a gut feeling I have from what I've read and from what I've heard out in Denver. So I probably will pass on him. Uh, like you said, there's probably no reason to get him um, early. He may not be fantasy relevant for a while, but I think eventually he will be this season. And uh, I just have to time it right, I guess. Um, all right, we got a little more time left. What are your other thoughts, or what other what other players do you want to talk about, or anything you want to talk about? All right, um, I guess it's a little bit. We're we're, we're hitting the brain picking yes. part of the, of the podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, one guy I'm 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 intrigued about, and uh, and I know a lot of people have been down on him um, because of how bad he's been for the last few seasons. And that's Isaiah Thomas. Oh my God, Isaiah Thomas! You're you're gonna you're gonna think he's gonna resurrect himself. Um. All right, let let's break it down. Yes, <laughs> he's odds are the starter, and he's competing with Ish Smith for point guard minutes. I repeat, Ish <laughs> Smith. All right. O- obviously, the ball will be in the hands of Bradley Beal for most of the most everything. Um, but from what I've read. I think it was unfair that um, expert sorry expectations were were um, were given on on Thomas last season, given yeah. his um, situation with the Nuggets. Obviously, there was no chance for him to really shine. But now that he's another season removed from his injury, um, and he has a good opportunity to show that he can do stuff or still play well for that matter. I think that, you know, he has some bounce back potential to qualify that. I'm not telling people that he's going to be the, the Boston Isaiah either that, that ship has sailed, but he's been so forgotten over the last few seasons that he's somebody who I would recommend and be willing to gamble on as a last pick flyer, kind of guy, you know, what What the heck? Uh, if you don't pan out, I'm going to drop you anyway for a hot free agent, etc. But, you know, he has he has some bounce back potential. I actually completely agree with you. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, I think he has he has bounce back potential. I thought I thought I didn't know where you're going to value him because here's the thing in my in my um, in my draft leagues, um, I'm going to be dropping most likely three or four of my bottom half picks. They're just not going to pan out or there's going to be free agents that are better. So once I get past round 10 or 11, I'm just going for flyers and Isaiah Thomas is a great flyer. So I am, I'm right with there with you. If he's there in round 12 and a 13 round draft, um, that's what my typical draft is in 12 teams. Um, I'm going to take him. I'll take him the 12th round. All right. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I like it. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. <laughs> I, I just like to throw before we before we wind down the show. Yes. I, yeah, and and since we've been talking about rookies, summer league, and whatnot, uh-huh. and in my experience for my research, I'd probably like to throw out my my sneaky rookie pick as far as potentially being NBA ready, but is under the radar hmm. and you know, you sure you want to share this to the entire world? 
well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> so fair enough. But, uh, you know, I really like Brandon Clark of the of the Memphis Grizzlies. Hmm. Um, he is, I think, a little bit more mature than the average rookie in his class. He has an NBA-ready body and an NBA and fantasy-friendly stat set. Hmm. He is a... Um, he is a 3 and D stretch four kind of guy. And if he wasn't playing behind Jaron Jackson Jr., he'd be a stud in fantasy from the get-go. Mm. That's what I figured. But obviously his upside is going to be capped by JJJ. Mm-hmm. Um, but his numbers will be there. And he's somebody I'm going to look to look at uh, towards the end of drafts if I'm looking for somebody who has the potential to give me five and a half, maybe six boards, maybe a steal, a block, and a three per game at solid shooting percentages, you know, somebody with a with a within top 100 kind of upside given minutes, I'm sure his per minute, I'm sorry, um, production per minute or per 36 minutes, sorry, um, is going to be good. I'm... And I think he's going to fly under the radar in most drafts. But I think he's going to be solid. That's a good one to know because that team, like we mentioned earlier, is rebuilding. Um, rookies tend to get more minutes um, when teams, at least these non, I would say, tier one rookies, the top of the class, um, get more minutes. When a team is okay with uh, developing the player over the winning now mentality. Um so, yeah, I haven't seen him play. I don't know much about him. Thank you for bringing him to my attention. Um, must watch. Yes, yeah. must watch. Um, I wanted to actually bring up one more guy, if we can. Sure. Um, that's because the Cavaliers, not not known for the best management, um, after drafting Colin Sexton last year, they want Darius Garland this year, which which tells me they're not completely sold on Sexton is the future of the franchise. Do you see this as a minute share too? Or what do you think might happen there? Uh, from what I read, they're, they're, they're open to, to playing both guards uh, together on the, on the court. So there might not be as much competition as you fear. Okay. Um, and they, they bring a different stat set to the table because Garland is a very good outside shooter while Sexton is not. Mm. Um, Sexton still has to work a lot on his defense. Um, Garland is a solid scorer. Um, and, you know, he, I think, is worth starting and playing because um, he, he can stretch the floor. He can shoot the three. Mm. And um, he, has a nice, he has a nice outlook, both um, career-wise and rookie. Um, I'm just not sure where to place him just yet because we haven't seen him, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm optimistic that he might he might be a nice surprise for us in the season and and if ever he was not picked in a, in in a standard league draft, uh, people might go picking him up at some point early in December. Yeah, he's another guy I would take as a late round flyer. Um... I have to see him preseason first, but um, I think he might have uh, fantasy upside this year. We'll see. Um, Eric, 
Thanks so much for coming on. I, I, I got you at the very last minute. I apologize. I'm a very poor planner, but I appreciate your willingness, your dedication to the team at Hoopball. It's unparalleled. Well, thank you, Neil. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. And um, yes. I, enjoy, I enjoy doing the show with you every now and then. Hopefully, over the, the summer, we're going to get more opportunities to you know, I'll get enough more opportunities to co-host it with you. Yes. Um, for those who don't know, uh, Neil and I were on the same shift on the Fantasy NBA Tonight um, premium offering over at Hoopball. It's what we were offering um, our premium subscribers. And Neil and I were, were co-hosts. And um, we, we pretty much spent most of the season in interesting analysis and banter um mm-hmm. and um I, I'm looking forward to just to be able to continue that a bit throughout the summer. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be doing this every Thursday. I'm trying to get I'm trying to rotate different hosts and it's been harder than I thought to find um newbies to want to pop on. So that that's really the only reason I don't have a single ho- co host. But I like to talk to different people too. I like different perspectives. I really respect your opinion. Um so thanks again for coming on. Uh, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, we are sponsored by Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. This and every Hoopball um, podcast is sponsored by Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. You can find their wonderful coffee products at hawaiianisles.com or on amazon.com. Um, Eric, thanks again for joining me tomorrow. Coach and Adrian Benjamins will be talking, I'm sure, about something interesting. So tune in with them and... Um, Enjoy Summer League, everyone. Have a good day. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.